0: Well, this morning we want to look at Psalm 23, and the title of the message is, The Lord is Our Shepherd. The Lord is our... our Shepherd, Psalm 23. Ever so often in messages, we'd like to bring just a message to encourage the child of God, to help us realize who our Lord is and what He does for us, and Psalm 23 surely does that. Follow in your Bibles as I read a very familiar passage Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your greatness. We thank you, Lord, that even though we are likened to sheep, there's no problem with that because we have a great shepherd, and we thank you, Lord, for who you are and all that you've done for us and are doing for us. And I pray, Lord, that you might use the message today to encourage the Christian If there's somebody here today who is not yet considered as one of your sheep, I pray that today would be the day of faith for them, that they'd come to know Jesus as their personal Savior. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for giving us your word that tells us about you. And I pray that you'd help us to be faithful servants of you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 23 is one of the most familiar and loved passages in the Bible. It presents our Lord as the shepherd and His people as His sheep. Sheep are very needy animals. They cannot protect themselves. They require constant care, and often they get lost. They can be stubborn, and when they decide what they want to do, it often gets them in trouble. Sounds a lot like us. They have many enemies but are defenseless to fight against those enemies. They're easily frightened not only by other animals, but also by noises, by the wind, and, and swiftly flowing water. Sheep cannot be driven like cattle, but they must be led. You can't drive sheep. It just doesn't work. You have to lead them as the shepherd. Yes, when God chose animals to liken his people to, he did not choose the lion or the bear or the ox that works because God wants us to work, but he chose the sheep. To liken, to, his, to liken his people to, he said, we are sheep. Psalm 79, verse 13 says, we thy people and sheep of thy pasture. Psalm 74, verse 1, the sheep of thy pasture. Psalm 95, verse 7, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Psalm 100, verse 3, a very familiar passage. Know ye not that the Lord, he is God, it is he who hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. If you'll turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 10, and we'll refer to that some other times during the message. But John, chapter 10, verse 14, says this about about us as sheep. It says, I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and have known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and they shall be one fold and one shepherd. Also, verse 27 of that passage says, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. You see, we are sheep of the Lord's pasture. God God says that He is our shepherd, and we are the sheep. But enemies of God's people are likened to other animals, Enemies of God's people are likened to strong bulls. Another passage, roaring lions, dogs, and even wolves. Yet we need not fear because the Lord is our shepherd and He can handle all of our problems. And He is pictured in the Bible as the, the good shepherd, the great shepherd, and the chief shepherd. But none of those titles really bring comfort to us unless we can say He is my shepherd. It's one thing to say a shepherd is good and great and chief, but if you can't say he's my shepherd, it's really no comfort to you. Now, but before we say that the Lord is my shepherd, we need to clarify something that Jesus said in the Bible in John chapter 10. He says, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. You see, it's not enough to say you had an experience. It's not enough to say that you're a child of God because of an experience that you had. I believe if you're truly saved, you did experience the Lord dealing in your heart and bringing you under conviction and bringing you to the place where you cried out to the Lord. And there is a great experience there, and it's called being born again. We are born again. But it's true that the Bible says there are many people who claim to be sheep who are not sheep. Matthew chapter 7 tells us that. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, it tells us that there are people who claim to be, be followers of the Lord, and they call Him Lord, but they really do not know the Lord. Uh, let me look the passage up, Matthew 7, verse 21, and it says this, uh, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have cast out devils, and thy name have done many wonderful works." And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. You see, not everybody who claims to be a sheep is a sheep. So you must make sure that you are a true sheep, because true sheep follow the shepherd. True sheep act like sheep. True sheep do not follow strangers. In John chapter 10, 10, it tells us about the, the, the guy that uh, is a hireling and uh, that he doesn't look out for the good of the sheep. And it tells us that sheep sometimes, uh, if it's truly sheep of the Lord, they will not follow the stranger that calls to them. And so if you claim to be a sheep, but you're all, always following the devil, if you don't act like God's sheep, if you don't follow the Lord, then the Bible says you're probably not God's sheep because God's sheep Follow Him. It doesn't mean we always do what's right. It doesn't mean that we never fail, but we do follow the Lord. And many people who claim to be sheep are not sheep. If you're one of God's sheep, sheep, you can say, the Lord is my shepherd. And because the Lord is our shepherd, there are several things that we can say from this psalm. Because the Lord is our shepherd, first of all, we will not want. Verse 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. One little girl quoted this one time and said, The Lord is my shepherd, and that's all I want. That's pretty good. It doesn't quite say that, but that's really what it means. If the Lord is your shepherd, you'll not want for anything, because the Lord will provide what you need. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Also, it says, He will provide food and drink. In verse 2, it says, He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. The word there is still water. It actually says stilled waters. In other words, the shepherd stilled the waters so they could drink from it. We're told that sheep will not drink from troubled water. But sometimes the shepherd, when they comes to a stream and it's, it's flowing pretty good, they will dam up the stream for just a little bit so that sheep can drink from stilled waters. And so the Lord uh, provides for us the green pastures and the stilled waters. It says in verse 2, He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. As I said earlier, a sheep cannot be driven like cattle. They must be led. He leads us beside the still waters. God will provide all of our physical needs and He'll also provide all of our spiritual needs. It's interesting to note that the Word of God is likened unto food and the Word of God is likened unto water. And the Lord will lead us so that we will get the food that we need. Hopefully, if you're going through troubled times right now, the Lord will give you some food today. And that is telling you about how He's the shepherd, and He will provide for you. And all of that's encouraging and helping and helpful to the child of God. And the Lord wants us to know that He will provide food, and He will provide drink, physical food, and also spiritual food and spiritual drink. Also, it says in verse, two, verse 3, He restoreth my soul. He restoreth my soul. Sin will hurt us. And every Christian does sin. That's true. The Bible tells us that in 1 John, that we say we don't sin, we're a liar. And we do sin. We do mess up. We do make mistakes. And sin always hurts you. But the Lord's the one that will restore you. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all, all unrighteousness. So you bring your sin before the Lord and you confess it to the Lord and he will forgive you and then he will cleanse you from, for, and so that you can serve him. The Lord is the one who takes care and restores our soul. And we need that restoration from time to time in our life and the Lord is the one that can do that for us. also says in verse 3, it says, He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The paths of righteousness. You know, the Bible tells us that God will never tempt a person to sin. God doesn't tempt you to sin. God tries us. God allows us to go through trials to see if we will serve him. And he tries us to make us strong. But God will not tempt you to sin. But the Lord will lead you in the paths of righteousness. Now, the devil will not lead you to do right things. He will lead you to do things that are are deceptive. He'll lead you to do things that will turn out wrong. He will lead you in a way that's going to hurt you because he does not care for you. But the Lord loves you, and the Lord will lead you in paths of righteousness. Sometimes we're faced with decisions. What am I going to do about a particular uh, thing that I'm facing? Which choice am I going to make? If you follow the Lord, he will always lead you in the righteous paths. If you follow yourself, your flesh, or you follow the world, or you follow the devil, you'll often be led in the wrong path, but God will never, never, never lead you astray. Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. He'll direct your paths. He will make sure you're going the right path, and that path is the path of righteousness. And so the Lord will lead you in paths of righteousness. And then we notice the next thing we find in verse 4. He says, if the Lord is your shepherd, that his presence during the darkest times of your life will take away the fear that you would normally have. Now, everybody here has gone through dark times in their life. It might be severe illness. It might be that you have lost a loved one. It might be that you're struggling with your child is going astray. It might be that you're struggling with a child who's, who's very sick. It might be all kinds of things. Maybe it's a, a problem at work. Maybe you've lost your job or something like that. You go through those dark times in your life, and the Lord says you don't re- need to fear. Those dark times, he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Those dark times in your life, the Lord's there. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. You see, the Lord is with us. We learned in Bible school, the kids learned this, that on the fourth day, and Joshua and Christian taught that lesson, but it was the Lord is Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? Emmanuel being interpreted is God with us. So the Lord is with us, and he'll take care of us. Hebrews chapter 13 gives those comforting verses, and it says in verse 5, um, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. We can boldly say, the Lord's my helper. I will not fear what man can do unto me. Why? Because he's with us. He's always with us. He's there to take care of us. You notice in verse 4, something that might not stand out right at first, but you'll see it as I pointed out. Verse 4, he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Now, what had he been saying before? The Lord say, It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He does this. He does that. But then in verse 4, he changes it from he to thou or you. It's like in the times of dark trials, the Lord gets very close to you or you get close to the Lord and you sense his presence as never before. And in those dark trials, it's not he, it's you. You're talking to the Lord. How many times have you gone through trials and it brought you closer to the Lord because you actually talked more to the Lord during that time than any time before? You remember the three Hebrew men in the book of Daniel? They were thrown in the fiery furnace. And when they were thrown in the fiery furnace, they all of a sudden realized that they were not the only ones there. There was the fourth man walking in the fire with them, and that was the Lord himself. And they came out unsinged. They came out without the smell of smoke on them. They came out unhurt. Why? Why? Because in the midst of the trial, which they didn't want to go through, They didn't choose that. That's not what they wanted, but they were thrown into that furnace, but in the midst of the furnace, they found the Lord was with them. Many times in our life, we go through those really troublesome times, and if you'll respond correctly, you'll find the Lord is nearer than, more real than than ever before, and you don't want to talk about him, but you talk to him, And and he says, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And so the Lord is with us. Also, we find out something else in this passage in verse 4, and that is, His rod and staff comfort us. His rod and staff, they comfort me. Now, there's two things mentioned there, the rod and the staff. They had two different uh, functions. The rod was something the shepherd used to fight off the enemies, the animals, the wolves, uh, the lion or the bear, whatever it might be that came after the sheep. And they would use the rod to fight off those animals. But the staff was the shepherd's crooked staff that he used to uh, reach down and, and get, a, get a, a lamb if you'd fallen over a cliff or something. He used it to, uh, for the sheep to go under as he counted the sheep as they were coming into the fold, and he would stretch out his, his uh, staff. And so those two things were, were in the hands of, in, of the shepherd. The rod and the staff. And he says, thy, the rod, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. It's a comfort for us to know that the Lord, the great God of the universe, fights against our enemies. I mean, that's why the Lord says in Romans 8, verse 30, If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? And so he, he uses... He, The shepherd uses the weapon uh, to fight against the enemy. The Lord uses his own power to fight against the enemy. And it's the Lord who is our shepherd. And so thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The staff is what the, the shepherd used to take care of the sheep and to help the sheep. And so the Lord is the one who helps us. Romans 8 verse 31 says, If God be for us, who can be against us? And so the Lord is comforts us with his rod and his staff. Also, he provides a table before us in the presence of our enemies. That means when the enemy is near, the Lord provides for us. Look at verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. The shepherd in those days would take care of his flock, and there might be sheep there might, As the sheep were grazing, they, he might sense that there's an animal out there that wants to get the sheep. He watches that. He protects them. And when it comes time in the, in the evening for them to come home to the fold, many times they made a fold out of rocks. And uh, there would be an opening in that fold. And the shepherd, once he got the sheep in there, would uh, lay down in that door. And so he became the door of the fold. Jesus in John chapter 10 says that he is the door. And so he was the one to protect the sheep. But before the sheep will ever lay down and rest, it's known that sheep will not rest if they're hungry. And so before they ever lay down and rest, the sheep need to eat. Well, the enemy might be around, but the shepherd is watching and he's taking care of them. And he makes sure that they that they are able to get a good meal. And he leads them there to those green pastures, and they get a good meal, and he, he prepares a table before them. It doesn't mean like setting up a table. It means spreading out a supply. And the shepherd leads the sheep to the supply that they need. One thing about sheep is that they will not find their own pasture. A sheep will go from one clump of grass to another, and it might lead them astray. It might lead them to, uh, to where they shouldn't be. But it's the shepherd who looks out and finds the pasture, and he leads the sheep to the pasture. And the Lord leads us. When we go through rough times, he leads us, and he prepares the table before us, even though enemies are around, and they're always around. The devil is always around. The world's always around. And the Lord takes care of us and prepares the table before us in the presence of our enemies. And so he says, "Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies." And then he adds, "This, thou anointest my head with oil; my cup runneth over." Anointing your head with oil—I read where some some thought that this meant the shepherd put the oil on the head; that it was an oil that kept the insects away, and uh, different different explanations. But oil in the Bible often speaks of the Holy Spirit, and as we, as God's sheep. God sets us apart as His own. And He puts His stamp on us and seals us into the day of redemption. That's with His Holy Spirit. And we know that we belong to Him. And so He anoints our heads with oil. He sets us apart into Himself. He empowers us to be what we need to be for Him because He gives us His Holy Spirit. And then He says, He anoints my head with oil and my cup runneth over. So... At the end of the day, when their sheep are all gathered, uh, they're set apart by the shepherd. He's taking care of them, and their cup runs over. In other words, they're satisfied. And the cup was running over. I heard one person say one time that just right when they got full uh, and were feeling so good and the Lord, uh, somebody comes and upsets it all and gets them upset, and, uh, and it just. Uh, you know, they lose that joy. And somebody else responded and said, no, wait a minute. If you're full of the Lord and your cup's running over, if somebody shakes you, it just should spill out some of the joy. But many times we're not that way, is it? But God says our cup should run over with joy. And so he, he fulfills us, takes care of us. He provides for us in the, in the presence of the enemy. He anoints our head with oil. Our cup runneth over. The Bible says in John 10, that passage, the Lord was speaking of the sheep. He said, I am come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. You know, at Bible camp, we have a good time. We laugh a lot. The kids play a lot. And uh, even when we who are working are working in Bible camp, we're enjoying it. I enjoyed being with Brother Jonathan out on the obstacle course, and he was helping me set it all up, and we laughed, and he's a jolly guy anyway, and uh, it was was just good, and it's good to know the Lord, it's good to sing songs of praise, it's good to be with other Christians, it's good to rejoice in the Lord, and the Lord says he wants our cup to be running over, he wants us to be always joyful, Ephesians 3 says he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, and so God wants our cup running over, and he, as the shepherd, makes sure that that happens. Sometimes we just don't recognize it. And then there's another thing. He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. If the Lord's your shepherd, all the days of your life, goodness and mercy will follow you. It doesn't say some of the days. It says all the days. Our problem is that we sometimes don't count the Lord's blessings. We count the other things. But the Lord says, if you could properly see, you would understand. Goodness and mercy follows you all the days of your life. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, I think it is, that he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If God loved you enough to die for you, and you received him as your personal savior. The Lord says, I who loved you enough to die for you will surely give you all things. And you can rejoice in that, that the Lord will is give you exceeding blessings. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yes, the final thing is, dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That says this, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. You think it's good here? It's going to get better. You think it's bad here? Just, just remember, it. it's going to get better. The best is yet to come. The best that it's ever been has not been experienced by you yet, but it will be when we get home, when we get home to be with the Lord. First Thessalonians chapter 4, remember that passage that talks about the rapture of the church? And says, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then then it says, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then it adds this in, in verse 18. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So shall we ever be with the Lord. The Lord is our shepherd, and he says we're going to end this journey in heaven. He's leading us all the way. Surely goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life, and then we'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I often use Psalm 23 in a funeral service. It's really not that it's just about dying, because it's not. And even if you have that rough time and you go through the valley of the shadow of death, you know, it's really just a shadow. And uh, the Bible says that Christians really never die. If you believe on the Lord, you'll never die. And that means that uh, when you do die physically, it's not anything bad because what you do is just go to sleep down here and wake up in heaven. And that's a wonderful experience. So you don't experience any of the the bad things about death because it's just opening one, opening up a door and letting you into heaven. And so uh, you go through the valley of the shadow and even if it includes death itself, there's no problem because you're absent from the body and present with the Lord. All this is true that we've mentioned this morning because it says the Lord is our shepherd. If you'll notice in your Bible, if you have the King James Version, it says... L-O-R-D, all caps. That means that word for Lord is Jehovah. God is our shepherd. God is our shepherd. Who is your shepherd? Well, if you've trusted Jesus as your personal Savior, the Lord is your shepherd. That means the, the God of the universe is your shepherd the omniscient one who knows everything, the omnipresent one who's everywhere present, the omnipotent one who's all-powerful and nothing's too hard for him. The Lord is your shepherd, and therefore we don't need to worry. We don't need to fret because everything we have have need of is found in Jesus, and he will provide them. Yes, the psalm says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, here it is. We will not want for rest, verse 2. Will not want for refreshment, verse 2. Will not want for restoration, He'll restore my soul, verse 3. Will not want for guidance, He will lead us. Will not want for courage, will not want for supply, verse 5. Will not want for protection, verse 5. Will not want for power, verse 5. Will not want for for satisfaction, uh, because our cup runs over. Will not want for for mercy, for goodness and mercy, and will not want forever. So the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want forever and ever and ever. What's heaven going to be like? Heaven's going to be a place where there is no want, no lack, nothing missing that we need, nothing missing that we want. Heaven's going to be a wonderful place filled with glory and grace as the song says i want to see my savior's face heaven is a wonderful place so my shepherd and if you know jesus as your savior your shepherd is what the bible calls three three classic or three names for the shepherd and that is he's the good shepherd that is he's the redeemer the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep he's also the great shepherd hebrews chapter 13 says brought again from the dead that that great shepherd, and he makes you perfect in every good work to do his will. And he brought him again from the dead, that great shepherd. So the good shepherd died for his sheep. The great shepherd lives for his sheep and therefore provides for them and restores them and causes them to be what they should be. And the chief shepherd comes for his sheep. first, first Peter chapter 5, verse 4 says, When the chief shepherd shall appear ye shall receive a crown of glory. So we have the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd, but most important of all, he's our shepherd, my shepherd. I have a set of books in my study by Charles Rolls, and it's five volumes. I've read all of them, and it's five volumes about the names of of Jesus. The names of Jesus throughout the Bible. And, uh, He summed up Psalm 23 by using words that began with B, and here they are. Beside me are still waters, beneath beneath me are green pastures, before me a table is prepared, between me and home lies the valley of the shadow of death, behind me goodness and mercy follow, and beyond me looms the house of the Lord forever. And then he made this observation. Only one of these bees has a sting. And that's the sting of death. But that has been removed by Christ's resurrection, 1 Corinthians 15. The sting of death is removed. And so that bee that said, between me and home lies the valley of the shadow of death. The sting has been removed. And we don't have to worry. When we look behind me, when I look behind me, I see the good shepherd living for us. When we look around us, we see the good great shepherd living for us the good shepherd dying for us, the great shepherd living for us. And when we look ahead of us, we see the chief shepherd coming for us. So how can we lose? The Lord is my shepherd and he's coming to receive me. But the question is, is he your shepherd? Are you truly his sheep? Or you claim to be a sheep and are not? Remember, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for reminding us of our shepherd, the Lord Jesus. Thank you so much, Lord, that we as helpless sheep, as stubborn sheep, as sheep that are defenseless against our enemies, we are no match for the devil, that we have a great shepherd who can handle any problem. And we thank you, Lord, that the shepherd, our great shepherd, who leads us, you never lead us astray. You always lead us in the paths of righteousness. Help us to have the wisdom to follow you, and therefore, we'll have the life that you want us to experience. If there's somebody here that doesn't know Jesus, I pray that today will be the day they put their faith and trust in him, who died for them on the cross of Calvary, paid for their sin, rose from the grave on the third day, and is alive today today. Ready, willing, and able to be their Savior if they'll put their trust in Him. Working hearts, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.